You're listening to the Gesher Podcast, the place where the Jewish and evangelical Christian communities come together to talk about the things that matter. I'm your host, Ty Perry, ministry representative for the Friends of Israel Gospel Ministry here in sunny Las Vegas, Nevada. Thanks for joining me. Ani lo medaber ivrit. That's Hebrew for I do not speak Hebrew. And I must say, much to my chagrin, that it's come in handy during my trips to Israel when people come up to me and ask for directions. But there was a time when even most Jewish people would have been in the same situation I'm in. Hebrew was a foreign language, a dead language for all intents and purposes. And typically throughout the diaspora, the Jewish people spoke the language of whichever nation they were residents in. Many Ashkenazi Jews spoke Yiddish, a linguistic blend of German, Aramaic, and Biblical Hebrew. Today, however, modern Hebrew is a thriving language spoken by more than 9 million people throughout the world, and it's the official language of the state of Israel. My guest today is an Israeli-American educator who is on a mission to teach modern Hebrew to a new generation. Amir Eden has had an impressive career in Jewish education that spans more than 20 years. In 2020, he co-founded Hebrew in Wonderland, Inc., a video-based program that teaches Hebrew to preschool-aged children, and he's here to talk with me about that program today. Amir, welcome to the Gesher Podcast. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Amir, as I said, you have had an extensive career in, in education. Tell me a little bit about your background. Where are you from? How did you get involved in, in the world of education? And uh, what led you to the point you're at now? Well, first, thank you for your kind words. So I was born in Israel. I'm a fifth generation in Israel, between my father and my grandfather, etc. My father was born in Tel Aviv, my grandfather in Jerusalem, and the ancestors uh, that I mentioned in Jerusalem as well, uh, as we say in the old city, right? <laughs> like inside the walls. And uh, I came to uh, the States when I was 26 years old, after serving in the Israeli army, etc., and uh, came here to pursue my education. Uh, I really, from a very young age, wanted to be uh, a lawyer. I guess it was the uh, sense of justice. Uh, I changed my mind and went into education and uh, earned uh, my bachelor's was uh, in political science, my master's in uh, educational leadership. And I served... Uh, five Jewish day schools in 20 years, um, in San Francisco, in Boca Raton, in uh, Vegas, and Phoenix and Scottsdale, and, uh, and, and now in Tucson. So I, uh, I, in, I am in education because I'm very passionate about uh, teaching not only Hebrew, but Judaics. And, uh, and obviously uh, the state of Israel is very dear to my heart. And uh, so outside of education, I always um, was involved with the Israeli consulate wherever I lived in Israel uh, advocacy and with all the partnership that the Jewish Agency for Israel has with uh, cities around uh, the United States. So that's, that's uh, what I do. I love working with uh, children in all age and adults as well. Well, you have had an impressive career and uh when you talk about your love for Israel, um, it's certainly impossible to separate Israel from the rebirth of the Hebrew language. And I think to, to talk about the Zionist movement without the Hebrew language would be pretty difficult because uh, it's, it was part of that development and part of the, um, what made Israel uh, able to, to thrive again. Um, can you tell me a little bit, just for our, for our listeners, give me an overview of 
the history of modern Hebrew. And, and just as a preface, um, I'm, I'm in seminary right now, and uh, pretty soon we're going to, I'm going to be taking on biblical Hebrew. And one of my friends, he's a rabbi, he said, you know, study the, you can study biblical Hebrew and it will help you understand modern. But if you try to study modern uh, and then try to read biblical Hebrew, it'll be pretty hard. So there's obviously a, a difference there. Tell me, how did that history, about that history, how did it develop over the years? So first I'll say you have a wise friend. Uh, he's absolutely right. I was fortunate that when I uh, was born in Israel and, uh, and was a student that we really studied a lot of Bible studies. That was, uh, you know, regardless if you're religious or, or you're not religious in Israel, uh, in the uh, high school and middle school are focusing on biblical studies. And uh, I was fortunate enough, fortunate enough uh, to, one, have amazing teachers and two, really love the subject. So I, from a very young age, uh, learned about the Hebrew origins and, uh, and your, your friend is right. So basically, you know, looking at the biblical Hebrew, words wise, it was about 8,000 words. Okay, there were 8,000 words in the biblical time. And uh, as, as, as you said, that uh, throughout the years, uh, there was a Hebrew uh, in text and then there was Hebrew in, in uh, uh, verbally. But then uh, when Jews were in the diaspora, which means outside of Israel, then uh, they spoke the languages of uh, the land and uh, Hebrew was less and less. And obviously there were those who looked at Hebrew as a sacred language. And, uh, you know, looking at, at, uh, at, at Hebrew as a, as a regular, another language, which is not a holy language, looked like a crime. You know, how can I speak Hebrew when I go here or go there? You know, ordinary things that I do in life. Uh, but when you look at, uh, at times frames, you can say biblical, you can say second temple, uh, the second temple, you can say uh, the medieval, medieval times, this is where it was in like poetry and, and writing and not, not really spoken. And then, you know, a lot of credit goes to Eliezer ben Yehuda, who is uh, in, in our eyes, the revival of the Hebrew language. And that's like the 19th century where he, where he uh, immigrated to Israel from what is today Belarus. Uh, um, when we give credit, obviously, we can't give a credit for only one person. It's, it's an effort of many groups, uh, you know, to bring uh, Hebrew alive. And you're absolutely right that the uh, establishment of uh, the State of Israel, for example, the uh, David Ben-Gurion, which was the Israeli first prime minister, of course, and minister of defense, was the one who said that we need Hebrew names, you know, uh, Ehud Barak, which I know you had the pleasure of, of at least, you know, um, uh, enjoying one of his speech yes. uh, in Vegas. Uh, he was Ehud Brug, you know, and then Ehud Barak. You know, it was just like uh, a lot of pressure uh, to, to change the names, right? And Ehud, of course, was born in Israel. Well, it's fascinating because... Uh, I often, I, I even get emotional and I'm not, I'm not a particularly emotional person, but whenever I hear David Ben-Gurion re reading the, uh, the declaration that the state of Israel was reborn um, and it's in Hebrew, it's just, it's such a moving experience because um, as you said, it's not only Israel being reborn, but this language that, that unifies a people um, just, it's a, it's an incredible part of, of, certainly of Israel's history, but even of world history to see that happen. Um, now, you as, a, as an educator, you combine that 
that history, that knowledge of, of Hebrew and of the, the history of Israel. Um, and you want to pass that on to a new generation. Um, and, and that started, you started the uh, Hebrew in Wonderland. Tell me about how that began. What, what started this Hebrew in Wonderland uh, idea in your mind? So I'll say first that I believe, I truly believe that uh, a true passion and love should start from a young age, you know? So if we're lucky enough to install uh, in the next generations, uh, the, the love of Israel and the love for the language, again, in a very young age, that's the roots for the beautiful tree. And, uh, and I had the pleasure of, of uh, serving, uh, as I said, uh, different Jewish day schools. And we had, and I had the pleasure of uh, working with, with students from basically middle school and high school was my, my, my experience. Uh, and I did have an exposure for second, third and fourth, but I was, was not the majority of my career. And uh, I, I think that if we, my, the program, first of all, I'll give credit to my partner. Uh, her name is Ricky, and Ricky is uh, an educator in New York. And uh, she's a kindergarten teacher for many years, 20 years or so. And uh, she actually called me one day and said, look, I have this idea of having a Hebrew program that will start with a very young age, like three to six. And she came with this idea of a fairy. That's like the storyline, a fairy that is about to read story and the letters disappear and then she calls uh, for, uh, uh, for help from a magician and his name is Gilly and, uh, and Gilly comes and they go to Wonderland and they search for the letters and then they bring the letters back to the book and then the story comes to life and uh, so Ricky uh, called me she knows me from uh, 99 or so, and, uh, and we collaborated and I flew to New York and we sat down and started filming uh, not only the letters, uh, all the letters, but after that, it, it carried on to uh, numbers and colors and uh, the, you know, different things. So we um, filmed and uh, now we have a terrific website uh, that tells a little bit about the program, who we are, what is our aim, and, uh, you know, people can purchase, obviously, the videos and then they can watch it over and over again. It's theirs. So uh, if I may, I can just say the, uh, the website is very easy. It's just HebrewInWonderland.com. That's it. Very simple. Pretty easy to remember. Yeah. You know, I can't help but think, um, when did you, when did, what was the time frame? Like, uh, was this this past year that this uh, began developing or where, where it started last year it started last year okay. uh, I can say almost two years ago you know because we're now in 21 right, uh, right. so yeah and uh, it, it took time obviously to develop to think to uh, to bring it together to film to work with wonderful you know editors uh, not only in the United States but all the way to Canada and uh, and I, I can also share that it's, it's a wonderful thing we did a Kickstarter which I wasn't aware of before uh, and we had supporters from really all over the world. We reached uh, to supporters in Australia, Mexico, Canada, Denmark, Holland, Israel, of course, and United States. Well, it's it's really amazing that you started it when you did, because of course now everything is uh, online. Um, what's the format for each each video? Um, how how are they formatted? So the length of a video runs between 13 to 15 minutes. That's it. You know, and it, let's say for letters, it obviously won't be all the letters because of, you know, 
the, um, so be like five letters at a time, not more than that. And then, um, and you can buy obviously the package, but then every subject is the same, like 13 to 15 minutes where a kid can watch over and over again, enjoy the family can watch and enjoy. And then it will teach you modern, uh, it won't teach you how to read and write, but it will teach you vocabulary and, uh, and obviously the knowledge that you need in order to have the foundation. Sure. Do you find that it's easier for preschool age children to, to pick up on a new language uh, than maybe older? Well, we all know, <laughs> you know, we all know that you're absolutely right. I mean, little children are like sponge for everything, not just the language. And obviously research showed that uh, having a second language uh, will, will actually really benefit the individual, you know, having more than one language, uh, which I know that my dad spoke five. I wow. spoke only, uh, I speak only two and uh, maybe two and a half with Arabic that, you know, but I have to practice. Well, I'm, I'm a, a, an American through and through because unfortunately I only speak one, but uh, I'm working on that. Hopefully, never, uh, never too late, never too late. Yes, yes. Never too late. And I want to uh, also add that uh, I think, I mean, from my experience, that practicing is one thing, but living is another thing, you know, living the language, visiting the country, I had the honor of taking 19 delegations to Israel. Mm. And I'm always uh, in awe when, when the, the children, especially children, go, you know, young, young, young adults and teens go out for the first time from, from the Ben Gurion airport and they see Hebrew everywhere we go on signs and street, you know, and names. And, and it's like, it, it's so amusing to see, oh my God, look at the Hebrew all over, <laughs> all over the place. It's really, it, it comes to life in a country where you can eat and order in the language. And, you know, it's, it's really uh, a great uh, enjoyment of mine, part of the, the, you know, bringing people to Israel for the first time. And I had the pleasure of bringing Jews to Israel and Christians to Israel. So uh, it's really uh, an honor. Well, I have a little girl who's approaching preschool age uh, before we know it. So maybe, maybe together we will be able to learn some Hebrew. And uh, when we go to Israel next time, we'll both be understanding a little more of the language. Um, Where can listeners find out more about the program and uh, maybe see a sample of of the work? So on the website, as soon as you um, just register, you can watch a free video, the entire length of the video for free. And then YouTube, we have on YouTube as well. You just write Hebrew in Wonderland and you'll you'll see a video there too. Very good. Well, I I watched uh, one, I think it was the YouTube uh, clip. And uh, it reminded me a little bit of, of like a Sesame Street. That's probably where I learned a lot of my English uh, early uh, that's on. That's a compliment. Street. That's a huge compliment. I mean, well, I watched Sesame, the whole sum sum in Hebrew. Absolutely. Yes. Yes. It's it, a compliment. It, it does a good job of, of uh, teaching the, the letters and things like that. So I'm looking forward to hopefully uh, getting involved in that myself. And maybe I can learn as well. Pleasure. Well, Amir Eden, I want to thank you for for the, taking the time out of your day to talk with us about this program. And uh, for listeners, I certainly encourage you to go to the website, go to YouTube and search for Hebrew in Wonderland and get involved in this. This is something uh, not just for Jewish people. This is for anyone to who wants to learn Hebrew. Uh, I certainly encourage it. And uh, I hope you'll take advantage of this. So Amir, thanks so much for being with me today. Thank you, my friend. Shalom, Chavir. And thank you. Toda I hope you enjoyed today's interview with Amir Eden as much as I did. The revival of the Hebrew language, the fact that it's now being taught to a new generation of preschoolers, is not only a linguistic anomaly, 
it's a testament to the faithfulness of God to his people Israel. A language that 100 years ago did not exist, a nation that 100 years ago did not exist, are both thriving in the 21st century. Both are modern miracles, and when I think about them, my mind immediately goes to the book of Jeremiah the prophet, where the Lord declares that the only way to destroy the Jewish people is to keep the sun and the moon from shining and to keep the waves of the ocean from rolling. In other words, Israel's existence is ensured by the faithful character of their God. I'm Ty Perry, inviting you to join me again next time for another conversation about the things that matter to the evangelical and Jewish communities. For more information about me, visit ty-perry.com. For further information about the Friends of Israel Gospel Ministry, visit foi.org. Until next time, may the Lord bless you and keep you. Shalom.